You are now entering the Bronx. Your hosts are the intrepid and all-knowing Jason T. Gaffney and the insipid and unknowing Kevin Held. Join these two buddies as they explore history and find the bright side in shitty things. Hello. Hello. Welcome to The Bright Side with Kevin and Jason. I am your co-host, Kevin Held. And I'm your other co-host, Jason T. Gaffney. All right. Bye, everybody. I just can't take it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Don't go away. (laughs) We better find some bright sides because this is just tragedy is happening left and right here. Yeah. How you doing, Jason? You're you're more enraged generally than I've ever seen you before, and it's pretty fun to watch. Really? It's oh yeah. To, okay. Yeah, you get red. I well, <laughs> I always feel bad when I get really angry because like I always view my job to be like the happy person who makes people feel good, and I just don't feel like making people feel good anymore. It's super tough to find like some joy right now, you know? Yeah. I, oh, here's some joy. Okay. We, uh, Matt and I had a salad yesterday where all of the tomatoes in the salad were from our garden. Oh, hey, that's pretty nice. Yeah, that's pretty nice. We had hundreds of tomatoes. I heard a wonderful story this week that a, uh, a Canadian boy, a uh, 12-year-old boy in Canada, called 911 twice because his parents made him eat a salad. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's true. Uh, I heard that on a podcast, and I think it's just amazing. Well... Yeah. I bet he learned a lot. And the joke they made was, you know, in case you were wondering what the worst thing that happened to Canadian kids this week was. <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> a great sadness. Yes, it is a great sadness, so I'm sorry, but, you know. So, we're going through a little bit of a tough slog here, as a nation, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, as 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 progressives in this nation, uh, it's hard to watch the news sometimes. So, uh, please vote and register to vote at us when you're registered, so oh. that I can feel a little bit better, there you knowing go. that there's at least five people registered. You really, you guys don't know, but, you know, you need to help Jason feel better <laughs> lately. You do. You need to, for the sake of all of his friends and family. You need yeah. to. Cause... I'm just trying to, like, I'm, I'm in the middle of pre-production for the next film, and it's been like, I'm not going to lie. Normally pre-production, I'm like, I'm excited about this film. And this one, I'm like, what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody deserves to laugh anymore. Wow. No, so. We do, though. We do, though. No, I know we do. And that's why I keep coming back to you. But, I mean, the, the swings in my emotions have been drastic. It's a tough time. It's a really mm. tough time. And, and, fuck, that's why we started this podcast. Because yeah. it's a tough time out there. And we've got to find the bright side we've yeah. got to look at the good stuff i have to say of all the things happening this is one of my favorite things i love this the, too it makes it means the world to me that i know that i've got this to come to <laughs> and sit down with you and laugh a little bit for every one week. hour yeah it's good medicine if you can laugh even though it's tough right now right it will change your mood and also this like it's changed my life having this doing this podcast it's changed my life just in the sense of there have been people that I know who have listened to the show and have come up and engaged with us on Twitter or come up to me in person and been like, this part was funny. Or I get a text with somebody saying, I'm laughing about this or that. I or, love that. And and I know that even like even if we shut down production right now, that we've made a couple people laugh in the world. And that what's what's you know, what's better than that? We're not shutting down production now. We're absolutely not shutting I just down had a production. Wave of panic. We're having too much fun. But <laughs> I'm just saying that even if we did, you know, yeah. that maybe we've brought a smile to a face here and there and that's you know that's great. Like and an that's ice cream what we cone. need to do. 
Right. We're just like an ice cream cone for your ears. Yep. <laughs> We're sweet and sticky. Yeah, absolutely. And delicious. So, you know what? So, even if it's a hard time, we're going to do it. We're going to just, we're going to find the good. We're going to find uh, the fun. Normally, I like hard times. You, <laughs> you I mean, phallically. You're gross. You're so <laughs> gross. Uh, no, but you're the best. I know. So, I, I, I love you, and I love coming uh-huh. to do this with Thank you. Thank you. I love you, too. Thank you. Uh, so it's good to have friends out there. Make sure you reach out to your friends and family and tell them that you love them. Yeah, important. I love you guys. I love you guys too. <laughs> uh, so on the bright side, we're going to talk about tragedy, obviously. Yes. Uh, yeah. And uh, but before that, we're going to dig into something that just is going on in the news this week because there's plenty in the news this week that's really quite awful, no matter how you slice it. Objectively yeah. bad. Yep. Uh, but we're going to find something else. And focus on that. <laughs> this week, as every week, we're going to talk about something that's going on in the news right now that's just good. I'm, I, right. please, and I, I smother know, me with it. I know you. Need, <laughs> I know you need this right now. So uh, this week, I, I found it on BuzzFeed. Okay, well, uh, so in last episode, we talked about. Uh, you know, bomb sniffing dogs and yeah. bomb sniffing uh, dogs. Uh, well, we had a bomb scare at the theater that I was at, so yeah. they brought in the bomb sniffing dogs and checked the theater, right? So I got to thinking about bomb sniffing dogs, and so this week is a little takeoff of last week. Okay. Our bomb sniffing dog, uh, there is a bomb sniffing dog in Pancho. He's a member of the Madrid police force okay. in Spain. Uh, and not only does he sniff for dogs, uh, sniff for bombs. Sniff for dogs. Uh, he does that too, but on, on, on you know, when he's on off the clock. Time, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't judge what he does in his bedroom. <laughs> um, they've also, he is trained in CPR. And I can't even describe this. Just search for Poncho, the CPR dog, okay? His handler, uh, during a demonstration, falls on the ground. And this adorable little black mutt go, runs immediately over to him and jumps on his chest oh. to perform CPR to help him. And then, dogs being famously not good at breathing into the mouths of other things, at least not with a purpose, uh, then sort of nuzzles his neck. As the, so he'll jump on the chest for a little while and then nuzzle the neck of the handler. And jump on the chest and nuzzle the neck. And it's the most adorable thing. And honestly, if you need a break from... The news, which I don't know exactly what's happening in your town today, but you need a break. Yeah. Clearly, let's talk about it. Uh, That's a good drag name. I need a break. I need a break. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so watch this video, okay? Just go to the YouTubes and you find the CPR dog and just, it's the best thing. It's the best thing. It's adorable. I can't wait. Yeah. So go find a, you know. I love dogs. You're cute dog video and that's all you I need this week. I kind of want to just go to like a place where they have a lot of dogs and then like bring a little bit of money and just be like can you just like let them loose on me and let <laughs> them roll on me and I think that's the pr- they, they have cat I know you, you I can't do cats I know you can't do cats but they've got they've got puppy cafe look into that that's okay. a thing do they have a pig cafe a, uh, no that's called a farm put up I would I would not hate I'll, if a bunch of pigs rolled yeah, around it, on me too. Get, get in a pigsty. I'll I'll throw a cup of coffee at you. <laughs> and we'll call it that. Why does it need to be coffee? <laughs> well, it's gonna I, burn. Well, it's gonna. <laughs> it'll be an iced coffee. Obviously, That's be cold. you're a gay person. It's an iced coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me sip my iced coffee. <sighs> the power of Starbucks compels you. <laughs> 
<laughs> Why is it exorcist now? I don't know. He's throwing it on me. I mean, the power of Starbucks is powerful. Yeah. So. Uh, all right, so, yeah, that was the bright spot. I know it's simple, but just go watch a fucking puppy video. Yeah, right? here's, be happy for a here's second. something else. Uh, I've been very fragile lately. Yeah. I'm seeing a therapist. It's good. We're going. We're doing great things. That's great. But because we're digging deep, I've been a little more um, on edge lately, shall sure. we say? okay. Opening up new old wounds. Sorry, Matt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's been very good. I love I'm you. I'm sure. Um, send me, like, animal pictures. Even if it's a cat, I like looking at cats. I just can't be in a room with them. Sure, <laughs> without dying. Yeah, so add us. Add us with pictures of animals. We need cute. it. We need it this week, boy. Flamingos. Whatever. Uh, bears. Flamingos is where your mind goes? Hippos. Okay. I like flamingos. Okay. Have you fed flamingos? No. I fed them. How does that... Why was... Why is that... Why would you think that I had fed flamingos? Because I fed them. Okay. I, we've I done don't... a lot of things in common. Yeah, like, you know, having sex with men, but, like, there's a lot of stuff we don't do that's the same... We, we both went to theater school. We've had a lot of sex with common men. <laughs> have we? No. Oh. I don't say we have the men in common. Oh. I think the men are common. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> They're basic. They're basic. They're basic. You're basic, Billy. <laughs> so, speaking of Billy, okay. let's dive into our topic. Oh, okay. I didn't know that that had anything to do with anything. It but does. Okay. It right. does. Well, that was your segue, so cool. So, <laughs> All right, so... This uh, this week, as every week on the bright side, we're going to talk about some tragedy that befell somebody or some you know some humans. Yep. And then we're going to at the end stick with us. We're going to find the bright side. All right. We're not going to just wallow in the misery. Yeah. All right. We're going to do that for a while though. <laughs> something something sadness. Yeah. Something something doom. Yay. That's it. Bye. Bye. <laughs> All, All right. right. What are we talking about this week? So January second. 1900 okay. was a very special day. Was it? It was not the day of my birth. I hate you. But it was the day that Charles William Billy Haynes was born. Billy Haynes. Billy okay. Haynes. Okay, all right. Do you know about Billy Haynes? I don't know about Billy Haynes. Um, I but know, I, I think that you'd know a lot about Billy Haynes. Didn't you do a show about Billy Haynes I once? did do a show about Billy Haynes. All right, well, you know, people who are worried about collusion, I never saw that show. It was in New York, It was it? in New York, and so. you had left. Yeah, yeah, I you wasn't there. In there, so you could not have And also, it. I didn't know you. Well, fine. I mean, not that I only see shows of people I know, but I didn't know you, and I had no idea this show was that's had fine, happened. That's fine. You don't need to support independent theater. I do in support independent theater, but <laughs> yeah, not in New York. I live in Los Angeles. <laughs> All right. So you might know him as William Haynes, nope. or from his nickname Billy Haynes. Nope. Okay. I know him not at all. I know him from the program that you have somewhere here in the house. It was a script, actually. Oh, that was a script. Yeah. Oh, it was a short show. <laughs> no, it was a short show. <laughs> it's a compact script. <laughs> so, all right. What's interesting is that you probably don't know that he was the top-grossing movie star in 1930. Billy Haynes was. Billy Haynes. All right. And that he was openly and proudly gay. No. Yep. Okay. Say, so I just did that show. I know. Was this related? Were you? I was already this starting this before the show, and you didn't know what the show was about. No, for God's sake! How? What are we? What? 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 Okay, there's no collusion here. No We're collusion. not talking about the the topics ahead of time, but there's some insane coincidental stuff going I know, on. The universe. The gay men's chorus of Los Angeles show that I just did that we talked about last week. The theme of it was the pink carpet. Was so it was like queer. Uh, experience and portrayals in the history of movies, like especially in old Hollywood, like the 1930s. Right. Did we have a picture of Billy Haynes you or anything? did not. Oh, I'm sorry. I was a little bummed about it, but it's 
I'm, I don't blame you guys because nobody remembers him. Interesting. Because he I, was essentially erased from history. I, well, we'll get there, I we guess. We will. Right? We will. But this is crazy. We're just firing on cylinders here. I know. Okay, cool. Tell me about Billy Haynes. So, okay, so here's some back history about uh, him before we get to the good, juicy stuff. Okay. Uh, he was born... You don't think the good, juicy stuff was in the back? <laughs> yeah. Junk in the trunk. <laughs> he was a good looking man. Like, okay. I okay. like and his husband was equally as good looking. Wow. Yeah. The two of them could get a Okay. I would have been like sure they did. Yeah, they did. Um <laughs> so he was born in Staunton, Virginia. In nineteen hundred. Okay. Yep. He was one the third child of seven and the two oldest children would die when they were still newborns. Oh. So So he was the First kid. Yeah, he became the oldest, even though he wasn't really the oldest. All right. Um, His parents were George Adam Haynes and Laura Virginia Haynes. All right. I love that the woman would be named Virginia who lives in Virginia. Does she? Yeah. Oh, cool. She's like, I'm Virginia in Virginia. Well, like, it's like (laughs) Bryce Dallas Howard. You know why, you know what the Dallas is for? No. It's where she was conceived. Her middle name is where she was conceived. Where the fuck would I be Phoenix, I know. maybe. No, yeah, I, I guess I'd be Kevin Redmond Held. <laughs> That's not a bad name. No, it's not bad. Very Thank you. That sounds like a person with an estate. I'd be yeah. all right with it. Um, his dad made cigars. Okay. Uh, right from the beginning, when he was born, he fell in love with watching movies and shows at the theater. Billy. Billy. Okay. He's like into movies, into theaters. Okay. He also, I think, knew who he was from a really young age. Like he was pretty sure of his sexuality, mm-hmm. sexual orientation. Um, because he would run away from home with another young man when he was only 14 years old. Oh, dear. That's yeah. precocious. Yeah, and the other man is referred to as Billy's boyfriend. There's okay. no record of who or what he was. Really? Yeah. He just, no, he doesn't have a name. No he name. Just, Billy's right, boyfriend. That's fine. They would make a quick stop in Richmond, but eventually would settle down in Hopewell. It's in Virginia, too? Yep. Okay. The city apparently was known for being scandalous and filled with sin. Well, that's a good place to go. Yeah. Hopewell is like the West Hollywood of Virginia. Yeah, the the Vegas. Sure. I guess the... Uh... Anyway. The brothel town. Yeah. Like well, it. yeah, and both he and his boyfriend would get jobs at a factory making gun cotton, or uh, for those of you that don't know, I didn't, it's explosives. So anyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How old do you think I am no, again? not... <laughs> gun cotton. You were born after 1900. I hate you. <laughs> I just want to establish that I hate you. Oh, all right. Don't hate me. No, I love you. I love you. All right. Okay. So they were only paid about fifty dollars a week. So they got smart and they opened up a dance hall to add on to their income. That well, that that is smart. But people suspected it was not just a dance hall, but a brothel. Was it though? It, nobody's really clear on it. I'm gonna say yes. Okay. Cool. All right. For men, I like, don't know. did they have male prostitutes I, I, or women? They probably had both. Wow. It wouldn't shock me if Billy was like, yeah, give me 50, I'll probably put it in my butt. Wow. Oh. Wow, okay. <laughs> or vice versa. Sure. Give me 50, I'll put it in your butt. Okay. <laughs> That's how he was bisexual? He could top or bottom? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, when he ran away, uh, his parents, understandably, were like, they freaked the fuck out. Okay. They were like, where'd Billy? He's 14. Yeah. Sure, that makes sense. They used the police to find him. Okay. Uh, when the police found him, though, he wouldn't go home. Uh, he just opted to send them money to help with expenses. Really? So he's just like, I'm going to live here. Here's some money. Different time. I'm 14 now. I'm a, I'm a man. I'm a man, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm a man who's in a man. Right. With a man in me. There we go. <laughs> I'm a choo-choo train. Jeez. <laughs> okay, so he and his lover would stay in Hopewell until 1915 when the city would burn down. Oh. Uh, I didn't really touch more on that because I figured it's going to be a great topic for another day. What, the fire? Yeah, I'm the sure. The Hopewell fire? I'm sure, sure there's going to be something big there. Oh, ah, okay. Um... 
Haynes, rather than moving home, would then head on over to New York City. All right. He's 15 at this time, by the okay. way. Cause we know because 1900. Nobody knows if his lover went along with him. It's really sad that he's such a throwaway character. Yeah, well, or not. Maybe he wasn't a nice person. Who knows? Well, but you don't in know. this story, he's a throwaway. Okay, sure. So, yeah. yeah. Well, we don't need him then. Yeah. He's a throwaway. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye, Whatever your Billy's name was. boyfriend. Yeah. yeah. In 1916, his father had a mental breakdown, and his cigar business went bust, Okay, and the family moved to Richmond. These were some eventful years for young Billy Haynes yeah. and his family, okay. In uh, 1917, Haynes would reunite with them to help with financial support, and I guess physical support as well, since his mother, I guess, was pregnant again. Okay. Like, she couldn't support the family and the young kids, and a mentally broken down husband. Yeah, like, that's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot like, going on. I, sure. I'm sure she's a strong, independent woman who doesn't But need, that's a lot. Yeah, who don't like, need no man, yeah. but has like seven of them around. Yeah. <laughs> that's the problem. I don't need no man, but they're everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this world would be... Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. You live in... There are men everywhere. No, I, Maybe I'm, I'm, you know, projecting, because I live in West Hollywood, where it's like... Nothing but men? Yeah, 90%. Well, it's all gay, man. Exactly. That's better, man. It's like Candyland. Hello. I got your disco stick. It's so glittery. It's so glittery. It's in my lungs. Um, That's when you get disco fever. (laughs) (laughs) He would return to New York City uh, in 1919 after his father was back on his feet and employed again. Okay. When he moved to Greenwich Village, he would become very good friends with Archie Leach. Oh, that's Cary Grant's name. Yeah. And uh, Cary Grant, or Archie, at the time, was in an a openly gay relationship with Ori Kelly. Who's that? A costume designer at the time. Okay. Yeah. 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 Audience, Cary Grant was a gay man. I knew that. Yeah. yeah. I know you knew that. I knew that. And uh, Matt did not know that. Right. At the concert, he was like, what? Cary mm-hmm. Grant? I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, they all were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What do you think Hollywood was? <laughs> what do you think Hollywood still is? Well, sure. Don't anyway. tell them. Don't tell them you're just going to break their little hearts. <laughs> oh my god, that's supposed to be a secret. I can still fantasize about men I can't have. Sure. They can too. Yeah. Yes, they can. Billy got work in a brokerage firm. In New York. In New York. Okay. He actually did many jobs, and according to Wiki, he was an older woman's, quote, kept man. A woman's kept man. Yeah. How fun. So, it's possible he was bisexual. He's pretty gay. Yeah, in that you could buy him. Yeah. Okay. He was straight for pay. Sure. <laughs> Good. <laughs> uh, okay, so there's a lot of Billy Haynes lore in this episode, by the way, so you got to take everything with a little bit of grain of salt. Okay. Smear campaigns were also waged against him uh, later in life, and we'll get to that. Interesting. And so things that, in history, people aren't uncertain about could have been altered because of smear campaigns. Okay. He also was a model. For a while. All right. He was very good looking. I, I, I'm getting that, yeah. But he wasn't, like, conventionally good looking. He had kind of, like, a round face. Models often aren't. Yeah. Though, you know? Like, men, male weird. models, are yeah. a lot of them are really weird looking. And yeah. that's the kind of the thing, the, the aesthetic that they're going for. is like yeah. you're super... It's like, like... Unique. It's like, oh my god, Billy, your face is so strange. Mm-hmm. So attractive. I want to photograph it. Exactly. Photo- I want to photograph yeah. it. I want to daguerreotype you. <laughs> I want to watch you as I take these photos. Stay still. I have to draw you. <laughs> it's like my French girl. Yeah. What is this guy? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, during that time in 1922, the year of the Straw Hat riots. Oh, sure. In New York. In so New York, going crazy. Uh, he would be discovered in the, quote, new faces of 1922 
Goldwyn Pictures Contest. Okay, that that's a thing that happened. Cool. Yeah, and right. after a screen test, the studio would sign him to a $40 a week contract. Oh my god. Where he would go off to Hollywood to enjoy... And uh, his new stumbled upon future. Wow! So he was discovered, yeah, like in a in a Facebook. Yeah, cool. Literally a book of faces, That's not like I, on Facebook, but like I, we're talking 1922. I think we can all there's people out there. Facebook that are, had a meaning before Facebook. Okay. I, did you know that back in this time they didn't dick have hole, the internet? Yeah, millennial <laughs> dickhole. Did I know? I did know because I was there. <laughs> uh, if he had been with his lover at this time, by the way, uh-huh. he, he didn't go with him. His okay. Would, like, to him. L.A. Okay. Yeah, no. He would work for MGM, Fox, on loan, uh, and Columbia Pictures, also on loan. In the start of his career, MGM kept him in small roles, and Fox and Columbia, which was where he started to have more of an impact. Okay. Uh, he had bigger roles, and Columbia loved him so much that they tried to buy him from MGM. Oh, my God. That's... It's, yeah. So nuts that you could just, like, buy people. It's like... You know, it's like it's like the sports teams today, where they're just like you're in the New York Yankees one day, and they sell you to the Red Sox. Absolutely, then, sports then, happen. Yeah. It's just like sports. Sports are are a thing that uh, happen, and uh, sports. Anyway, <laughs> MGM decided <laughs> not to sell him, okay, uh, like cattle. And would sure. keep him in the bit roles until 1926, which would be a very big year. Mm-hmm. He would star in Brown of Harvard and find the love of his life. Brown of Harvard? Yeah. Okay. People finally knew who Billy was from this movie uh, and what type of role he was going to play, and they loved it. Okay. He was basically the wise, cracking, sassy hero. I love it. Still straight, though. Like, there were tons oh, well, of gay yeah. roles in older movies that people, like, suggested gay roles. But they were all, like, sissies and you. Yeah. Had, yeah, it was not, this, like, it was never leading man, either. No, he was, like, leading man. Okay. During this time, by the way, he found his amazing friendship with Joan Crawford. What? Yeah, he would. <gasps> and this Joan is, fucking Crawford she's again. Back again. So, this is not. Why is we're this not podcast be, sponsored by Joan Crawford? <laughs> we're not going to be the Joan Crawford podcast. We are, though. She keeps popping up. She, she's she like does. a bad penny, that Joan Crawford. <laughs> when he was a star and she was still playing bit parts, they became friends and she tried to marry him. Well, yeah, but that was more like a handshake for her. She yeah. tried to marry anyone. So, everyone. <laughs> she showed up naked at the front door again. Yeah. Hello, Billy. And he's so like, he's like, Cover yeah, your whatever. Uh, he's actually quoted saying, I guess later in life, quote, and take his quote with a grain of salt, because I don't know. I didn't verify it. Um, <laughs> he said, quote, Crawford thought we should get married. This was back in the 1920s, when I was a rising star and she was a rising flapper. Huh. Uh, it wasn't just a crass question of her ambition. We were very good but platonic friends. I told her, Cranberry, my pet name for her, that isn't how it works in Hollywood. They usually pair men who like men and ladies who like ladies. Uh, because if we both like men, where would that where would we be as man and wife? She'd resent me, and that would be the end of our beautiful friendship. How interesting. I love the fact, by the way, there's such a shady snub there. Yeah. She'd resent me because they both like men, and he's going to get all he'd the men. He'd probably yeah. win. <laughs> yeah. You are so better off not being married to Joan Crawford, yeah. it turns out. Although maybe he would have liked being slapped with wire hangers. Maybe. Well, we don't know what his life was like. Okay, like, maybe harder. That was a fetish he had, yeah. I guess. I don't know. Um, I don't know. We didn't verify any of this. We don't do research. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, sure. I do enough research <laughs> to, verify, to verify the bare bones. Well, you've done a show about this, so you've like yeah. had you've lived with this kind of topic for a while. A long time. Yeah. It's been decade. Plus, since yeah. I did the show. Okay. Uh, so he would go to New York City on a trip, though, in uh, 1926. Mm-hmm. And he would meet 21-year-old James uh, Jimmy Shields. 
Jimmy Shields, okay. And there's a lot of speculation about how they met. Okay. Some people think... I think it was at uh, Sardi's. So there you go. Well, that's a... It's wild speculation, if that's what we're doing. <laughs> I love Sardi's. We had our uh, opening night party at Sardi's for the show. Oh, no collusion. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, some people think that it was Fleet Week, and he <laughs> was... Because uh, Jimmy was a, a right, sailor. Right, the uh, New York national holiday. Yeah. It's <laughs> a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Billy was looking for a good night, and so Jimmy was, and they really hit it off. And, sure. You know, it's like... With wire hangers. <laughs> this is how we do it in the Navy. Quap! <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Um, sir, yes, sir. Thank you, sir, I have. Yeah. Um, others seem to think that they met on set uh, when Jimmy, after having been in the Navy, was being an extra and a stand-in. Okay. Then some people think Jimmy was a mister of the night, and huh. Billy, pretty woman, that ass. <laughs> Uh, That's a great sentence. Thank you. So, whatever the case was, Jimmy would return to Hollywood with Billy wow. and pretty much move right in with him. There you go. They were like, we love each other. All right. And I, I, here's the thing. I know back then, like, if you found someone you liked, you kind of would move fast because, like, you didn't know. Like, it wasn't, people were right. that Life open. expectancy yeah. still wasn't very much. They could only expect to get to about 55. Yeah. So, yeah, you gotta, you well, know, if you move out of your parents' house when you're 14, you're like... Gotta go. Well, get, one's get 26, moving. one's 21. They're yeah. basically old people. Married. Now. Exactly. Yeah. They're they're middle-aged. Yeah. Billy would eventually get Jimmy work on the MGM lot as an extra. So that's why I think the one where they met uh, that he was an extra is kind of bogus because, uh, yeah. like, he then worked there. So, anyway. Right. Uh, from that moment until their death, they would remain a couple. Really? Yeah. Oh. Well, don't tell me they lived another five years or something. It was a really long time. Good, thank you. It was okay. much longer than the ghost of... Uh, thank you, yeah, because your long time is a weird situation. <laughs> it was 30 seconds later. Uh-huh. <laughs> they, lived, <laughs> they lived so happily until they died the next day. <laughs> um, and they would remain uh, happily together openly for yeah. many years. Happily openly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, quote from Backlots, hmm. quote, Haynes and Shields were very well liked in Hollywood, counting Jean Harlow, Joan Crawford, Marion Davies, and Gloria Swanson as close friends. Mm-hmm. They were invited to all the parties in town, treated like any other couple would be, with no attention to their sexuality. I love Hollywood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crawford would refer to them as, quote, the happiest marriage in Hollywood. Aw. She said with a tinge of jealousy, I think. A tinge? I a think tinge. it was more like... No, it was a simple red. tinge. <laughs> she got redder than I get. Yeah. <laughs> you do get red. I'm, well, I'm very white. I know. I'm as close Until to you albino as I can get, or ginger, <laughs> um, without being one. Yeah. I have a red beard. Did you know that? I, I do, too. Do you? I do, yeah. So That's why I don't grow it. It's yeah. spotty and, and red. I didn't know it was spotty. Yeah, it's it, it grows in under my under my neck a lot, but not like not on my face. It's weird. Yeah, it I looks have really one weird. One spot right here that grows in thick, and then yeah. My husband has a goatee now. Yeah. And I've never. I don't usually like facial hair on guys, like full face, but it looks great on him. I actually love it. There are him. some people that can do the goatee look. He pulls it off. He does. My dad. Yeah, your dad has a good one too. And uh, but I've met some people with goatees where I'm like, huh? Hey, you. Huh. Your husband is not one of them. Right. Joan Crawford looked terrible with a goatee. I know. It was a weird phase for her. It was strange. I was like, huh, John. Ah, cool. And then she's saying, this is me. And I was like, you're right. I'm sorry. Oh, you're Love. right. I take it back. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Joan. That's okay. the song, right? This got real weird. <laughs> so, all right. Happiest marriage in Hollywood. Hollywood. All of Hollywood knew that he was gay, and he didn't hide it, mm-hmm. and none of them care. And even the reporters knew, and none of them printed it out of respect. That, those were the days. Yep. Pre-TMZ. So, a quote from Slate.com. Quote, 
And the local movie press knew, too, but nobody had any incentive to publish an expose about it or anything. Hmm. If any journalist had, he would have been frozen out of MGM for the rest of time. Wow. And at this point in time, as long as they weren't hurting anybody, um, which they weren't, nobody cared. Sometimes Billy would get asked a softball question about his love life, which he was always able to deflect with a wisecrack. Journalist and subject would wink at each other, the actor would be classified in print as an eligible or confirmed bachelor, and everyone would move on. Those are the days. Yeah, they're just like, hey, Billy, how's your love life? What love life? (laughs) (laughs) Wink. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) One time, though, a reporter not from L.A. who didn't know about him being gay asked him when he would settle down. He responded that he was engaged to Polly Moran, a dopey comedian who was not, like, considered to be in his league. Right. Which kind of, like, frumpy. Okay. Um, and uh, because apparently frumpy women don't deserve to be loved by leading men. And uh, so boo to the misogyny. Sure. Okay. But that was his joke that he yeah. made. Like, I'm engaged to this frumpy lady. Okay. Yeah. And I think she was married or something. So maybe that's why he chose her as well. As okay. Like, during uh, this magical time, between 1926 and 1931, he was a megastar. How do we not know? Okay. Like, top ten most famous and loved. And in number 1930, he was number one. Wow. Like, like literally the most, he was above the bill title, sure. everything, title billing. Uh, was he, he going as William or Billy? Billy. William Haynes. William Haynes. But okay. he was called Billy Haynes. In private, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He has a Hollywood star of fame near the Roosevelt Hotel because he was such a success. I will go take a look at that. Yeah. Next time I have to go to the miasma that is Hollywood and, and Vine or wherever. Yeah. Uh, Sons, um, Hollywood and Highland is the the is a level of hell. The devil. Have you noticed this? Yeah, it wasn't when I first moved here six years ago, and now it's become even worse. Holy crap! I went, I drove through there on a whim because I had three hours to get home, and how'd that go? I took the whole time. <laughs> oh my god, it's a nightmare! And there's a Spider Man, and there's a Thor, and there's a pretzel, and which pretzel? The Wetzel's pretzels. They have a pretzel place. I um, love Wetzel's But it's just like with all of the... Pe- and everyone's hoping to get on Jimmy Kimmel, and everybody's, you know, drumming on tubs, and it's just a nightmare Jimmy, over there. Jimmy! Jimmy! <laughs> Let me on, Jimmy! Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're wandering around being ignorant, hoping they get interviewed for some yeah. ignorant segment. Oh. oh. So great. Billy Haynes was actually the first MGM star to speak on film. No way! He was the first one. Yeah. Okay. Because he spent all his time during the 1920s before talking pictures, avoiding personal questions from reporters, he was really good and, and ready to be the wisecracking, double-meaning comedy guy. All right. Because he had to do that. To that was his survive. whole life, yeah. basically. So he would answer questions with sarcasm, without telling the truth, but also without lying. He wouldn't be like, I'm straight. He'd be like, like you said, what love life? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Wink. Sure. It led to him being sharp and funny. Okay. Obviously. Sure. In fact, when And he, handsome. Yeah. Uh, I like him. Yeah. I like him, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, when he was getting ready to star in the talkies, an MTM vocal coach wasn't happy with him because he apparently was lip-lazy. Lip-lazy? And uh, you want to know what his response was? What? He responded with, quote, I've never had any complaints before. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you never had to talk before, so... Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, like... Just lie there, and if then he you can, won't get complaints. I, like, no, I know man, what you're saying. I'm just like... All right, I'm suddenly on my back with my legs mm. widespread, being like, "Go to town, mm. wherever you want." Um, You're saying that to any man, any man listening? Okay, no. <laughs> not to any- J- Jason lives in Sherman Oaks. At <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> when ones of people show up, <laughs> like, everyone else is like, "No, nah, I'm good. He's not." Yeah, I don't want that ass. That's funny. So 
despite the fact that the vocal coaches were complaining about him, mm-hmm. he was easily able to transition from silent to talky. Great. He was already the wisecracker in silent films, so people were happy with his persona being the same. Okay. And he was able to rock it out with his voice, too. There we uh, go. In fact, Irving Thalberg, his boss at MGM, was quoted as saying, quote, The idealistic love of a decade ago is not true today. William Haynes, with his modern salesman attitude to go and get it, is more typical. Okay. So he was basically saying that Billy is the ideal man. Yeah, I I have an attitude of go and get it, too. Yeah. Yeah, That's that's good. I wonder if Irving got it. Um, Irving probably went and got it, yeah. uh, And, you know, obviously he knew Billy was gay as well. Sure. So, and he's still being like Billy is the ideal man. Okay. So everyone knew... Except for all of America. Right. Everyone in Insular Hollywood right. knew. Sure. And uh, this was, which of course was super filled with Jesus. Sure. Still bigger than the Beatles at this time because no Beatles yet. Yeah. So, okay. So, 1930s, would, 1930 would come and then the trouble along with it. Okay. Uh, as we know, Billy was the number one dude at this time, but okay. suddenly a draconian document would be written called the Hayes Production Code. Oh, you are insane with me right now. Because, I know. like, we did a whole number about the production. We did the doing the production code yeah. number in the concert. Yeah, here. which was one of my favorites. It, I know it was challenging, but I loved the guys with the percussion. It wasn't challenging for me. I didn't sing it. Well, I was waiting to go on in the dance thing, so I didn't care. Which was also really good. <laughs> I still love that moment when you guys lifted her. Yeah, I was, was like, yeah, Yes, that's right. Spin, bitch. Um, okay. So, Hayes, the, the production code. Okay. Yep. Basically, this code would say... We'll, we'll get into the Hayes Production Code another day. That's too much to tackle cool. for okay, this episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the code would say that you couldn't do anything offensive to God or something like that. Right. Uh, being gay was unacceptable. Uh, impure love yep. must not be the subject of farce or comedy. Yeah. So, in fact, most of the actors either signed new contracts with morality clauses, but there was one guy who wouldn't. You guessed it. Is it Billy Haynes? It's Billy Haynes. It's Billy Haynes. I guessed it. Not only did he refuse to sign the morality clause, but he had it removed from his contract before he would sign it. Okay, I have no morality and I'm proud of it. I like it. Because of that, however, MGM only gave him a two-year contract as opposed to the normal five. Sure. Well, that makes sense on their part, like in the sense of like the... You're uncertain. Big, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The big pressure is on you, and you're right. like, I don't know if this guy is going to explode. Yeah. The Hayes Code was still kind of being put into effect, and once it was solid, then they would want him to sign the morality clause. So, anyway, his movies started to drop in sales in mm-hmm. 1931 because he was getting older and he was gaining a little bit of weight. Oh, my God, really? Yep. Sheesh. Uh, and he's still playing the fickle. college. You fickle people. I know. He's still playing college-age guys. You're all getting older, too. <laughs> Sorry, I'm feeling bad. Sorry, go. From, the, from the day you're born, you start dying. That's right. Getting older and gaining weight. So what's the bright side to that? <laughs> I don't know, but you're supposed to. When you're a baby, you're supposed to get old and gain weight. I know. And we, you know, we uh, we idolize that. We reward it. And then later on... Once you hit on, 20, you're like, stop getting stop older, getting older and, and gaining weight. You're like, but I've been doing it for 20 years, and you said it was good. I have to say, generally speaking... Older dudes are way hotter than younger dudes. Okay. That's There's a matter a maturity, of personal taste. Well, it's sure. a maturity to <laughs> I mean, give me a hot, you know, 25-year-old to look at. They're, they're real pretty. <laughs> All right, let me go get one. <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> I'll just be over here so you can look at me. Yeah. I'm smart. So, okay, so he's getting older. He's getting so in 1931, he was getting older, getting weight. Okay. Uh, but he's still playing college-age guys who are wisecrackers. All right. So he's not, like, he doesn't fit anymore in his type. I see. So, so he's typing out. Oh, okay, right. They tried to get he's, him to He's play... Melrose placing himself. I know. Sure. Oh. They tried to get him to play a more adult leading male role, romantic role, but he wasn't able to let go of his sass. Oh. He just, like, couldn't do it. Like, he, that... had a, he had a great sass. Yeah. 
True story. He was the first person to put a U in the word girl. Girl. <laughs> girl. <laughs> um, okay, so his star continued to fall as his name was brought below the title. Oh. Uh, and he was Ouch. signed on to a... It was a weird, awkward moment where his name and the title were in the same space, yeah, and then you couldn't like, read either one, and then that was weird. They're like, the, the Tower of Bill... So he got signed on to a much less well-paid contract. Okay. Then we get to 1933. Okay. Louis B. Mayer, the owner of MGM called him into his office and basically demanded that Billy give up Jimmy and get married in a, quote, lavender marriage. Oh, to a beard? Yeah. So that it looks yeah. good for the public? Sure. Like Cary Grant did many, many yeah, times. who didn't see this coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was obvious that he didn't want the public to find out and have them lose their minds over the sacrilegious actions of Billy and the uh, complicity of MGM. Sure, it's a collusion. Collusion, yeah. <laughs> Complete collusion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, right. But really, Louis B. Mayer was protecting the studio more than Billy. Which was his job. Yeah, yeah. You know, you could also stand up for what you were Yeah. You could, but could you in 1933? Yeah, I guess whatever. I mean, what are you going to do? Start the gay rights movement by yourself when you're not a gay person? Okay. It didn't happen. Sorry. Billy did. Well, okay, good. So Billy knew that this was going to be a sham, and he Mm -hmm. actually replied with, quote, I am married. Oh, good for you. I'll be glad to give up my boyfriend just as long as you give up your wife. Wow. Yep. Wow. He was essentially fired after that. Well. uh, And then blacklisted. Okay. He would do a few more films for super small houses, but eventually left the industry. Hmm. So, now, why did Mayer bring him in to demand that? Some people claim that in 1933, Billy got arrested at the YMCA alongside a sailor who was with him. Mm-hmm. It's presumed for being gay together that they were arrested. Sure. There's nothing on the books about Billy being arrested for this Okay. Uh, some people think that it was actually Jimmy who got arrested, and Billy was taking the bullet for Jimmy, who was mm. the one caught. Again, no arrest records sure. for either of this. Okay, so this is all just... Rumors and stuff that yeah, may have happened. And okay. no one in Hollywood's batting an eye about this because some people think they're in, they were in an open relationship and okay. they were a happy and healthy relationship with okay. what they were. Possible they weren't. Possible they weren't. Nobody Not quite knows. sure about that. Okay. Yeah. And whatever they were, they were happy, and that's what really fucking matters at right. the end of the day. So, but I wouldn't be surprised if Mayer cooked up the story to oh, about help the YMCA? shove him into the closet. Oh. Basically being like, because Mayer was known for smear campaigns and destroying people's careers. Was he? He was so all about himself and his studio and fuck everyone else. Okay. And to me, I'm yeah, like... Yeah, he's infamous. Yeah, he's mortifyingly sure. terrible. And, uh, uh, yeah, Harvey Weinstein's absolute hero. Yeah, was he? I don't know. Oh, probably. So, after Billy left, he basically all but erased him from MGM history. Hmm. He, like, destroyed the films, like, oh. et cetera. Like, he, like, there's very few Billy Haynes films that still exist. Makes me sad. Yeah, it is. And he was good. I saw some of his films, mm-hmm. and he was really fucking good. Yeah. Like, there's no reason these movies should have been... Anyway. Well, there's a very glaring, obvious reason where they Well, there's an obvious destroyed. reason. It's because a petty man wanted people to do what he wanted them to do, and then when he didn't, he threw a fit. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Just don't say there's no reason. Well, <laughs> there's no logical reason. That seems perfectly logical to me. There's no... It's fucking evil, but it's yeah. perfectly logical. There's no justifiable reason. I think it's completely justifiable if you're Louis B. Mayer. Louis B. Mayer is an asshole. Agreed. No, no, that's I completely but, agree with you. But it's like it makes perfect sense yeah. to me. Okay, so so Billy basically, he's expecting Billy to fall on his face, right? Yeah. He's like, you're gonna fall, you gay man. Yes. <laughs> that's right. You're so light in your loafers, you can't stay upright. 
And you know what his response was? What? Leave your wife. Which was the equivalent of delete your account from Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) So, Billy was so loved by others in Hollywood, he did not fall on his face. Good. In fact, his best friend, Joan Crawford, would save him. Oh, good Joan. He would go on to become the top number one interior designer of Hollywood. No way! He'd be the number one box office draw, and then the top Hollywood designer. He really betrayed Joan Crawford, though, by inventing wire hangers. I know. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I take it all back about Joan. I know. In this episode, Joan is actually a little more... I'm a little more Team Joan. She's so... She's such an enigma. She just, like, swoops in to save the day, and then destroys people, and then... She'll she'll save you if you're gay. If you're a woman, look out. Oh, yeah. Uh, Maybe that's it. She's coming at you with a chair. That's amazing. Not even a wire hanger. She'll take you She's probably relieved that that you don't want to sleep with her. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) She's like, thank God. I can get you to love me, and I don't have to give you a blowjob. Right. Or a handy. (laughs) Or become... Or get on your board. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So... Because he's a top interior designer in Hollywood, which would lead to him becoming a multimillionaire. You're kidding. And um, he's actually quoted as saying, quote, one could be forgiven for illiteracy, but never for a lack of good taste. Okay. Also, quote, I would rather have taste than love or money. Oh, wow. Which is... But he had all of it, I guess. And the reason Joan saved him is because they would start their interior design business in Joan Crawford's house. He created the wall of pillows for Joan Crawford, probably. Yes. He actually would do, like, hand-painted wallpaper in her house. What? Yeah. That was... That would take so long. I know, but he's like, I'm gonna do it. Wow. And he would get hired by tons of stars uh, to fix up homes for parties. Wow. So, like, they'd be like, I want this my house to look French. Oh, like staging. Yeah. Kind of. Okay. Billy would use the set decorators from set. Oh, that he knew. That he knew. because sure. he And they would willingly do it because he was so kind to them when he was a movie star. Uh-huh. Everyone fucking loved him. Sure. Only fucking Mayer had an issue with him. And they would basically transform houses in a week. Wow. Because they were so good at it. They did. They had to do it for the set, so they'd right. do it for Sure, the, yeah. His style would be called, quote, Hollywood Regency. Ooh. Basically super classic and modern combined. I love it. Yeah, and his stuff looked really good. I like, bet we've seen it all over. Yeah, I mean, sure. if you if you watch... It's Feud, named for Hollywood. Yeah. If you've seen Anti-Mame, I'm sure you've seen it. If you watch uh, Feud, the, the show, all of Joan Crawford's house is designed the way it was after Billy Haynes did it. As no a, way. As an homage to Billy Haynes. Wow. Uh, they were really attention to detail on that. This is cool. All right. So later in 1936, Billy and Jimmy were attacked by the KKK. What? Uh, roughly 100 of them. Why do they keep showing up uh, in our stuff? Well, because the KKK are deplorable human beings. So in L.A. they showed up? Yep. Whoa, okay. At their home. And they, uh, they dragged them out and uh, beat them and left them in the street because apparently a neighbor claimed that their son had been hit on by them. You did not prepare me for this at all. Okay, yeah. this just happened. Okay, all right. Uh, surprise. Yeah, oh, thank you. Surprise, <laughs> the KKK. Thanks. <laughs> Anytime I say surprise, you should just I, duck. I should run from the room. <laughs> Have you heard Jerry Springer, the opera? I've, I know that it happened. It's amazing. Okay, There's good. There's tap dancing KKK. Well, tell me about the secondary female characters in it, and then we can talk. Okay, one of them wants to be a dancer for pole dancing, You're... and she's like, sings this great song. Oh, I actually do know that song. <coughs> I just want to yep. fucking, fucking dance. dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. she was in mind. All right, so the police uh, never arrested the KKK or Billy and Jimmy for the idea that they hit on a child. Yeah. And it was later proven that it was a lie. Billy and Jimmy didn't file a report against the neighbor, either, mm-hmm. uh, even though Marion Davis, who was with William Randolph Hearst at the mm-hmm. time, begged William Randolph Hearst to help the men prosecute the neighbor, and the, but the men didn't want the hassle. Wow. But uh, like everyone in town was like, that's just fucking unacceptable, like, yeah. we're gonna get rid of the Nazis. Mm. So, 
the two would continue with the design business uh, for many years, and Billy would remain out of acting even after the code disappeared, mm-hmm. uh, despite the fact even in 1950 he was offered a cameo in Sunset Boulevard really? as one of the like missing actors. Really? That, yeah. Oh, that's you know, a good idea. That yeah, that's that's cool. And uh, he was like, he said, quote, he's quoted saying, quote, it's a rather pleasant feeling of being away from pictures and being part of them because all my friends are. Hmm. I can see the nice side of them without having to see the ugly side of the studios. Wow. So, I mean, that's all you need to he's know. It's like, peace out. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, he's a fucking multimillionaire now. Sure, Like, yeah. why, why put yourself through that? Yeah, he did okay. Yeah. They were designed for all the Hollywood royalty mm-hmm. and even Ronald and Nancy Reagan. Really? Yeah. Um, so, Ronald was... and Nancy, probably Nancy, had a gay interior designer. Yeah. Thanks, Ronald, for everything you did for us. Yeah, they actually were friends with them, and they still, yeah, they were friends I'm, with Rock Hudson too. Oh, I'm doing some side eye for the Reagans yeah. right now. The Reagans did a lot of bad things. Let's um, talk about them in another episode. We definitely will. Great. Um, apparently, though, there was a brief pause in his design business when Billy would serve during World War II. What? Um, I had not heard of this before. Uh, so, war hero? Question mark. What? He's a, but he's like 44. But people were signing up. To be in a war, like I don't know. But he was forty years old when it started. Yeah, but like they needed men. They were out of who doesn't. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) well he did. (laughs) Yeah, Um, he needed men, so he signed up for. It's like, oh, that's where they all the boys are. Sure. So Billy would die on December twenty sixth, nineteen seventy three, from lung cancer Mm -hmm. at the age of seventy three years old. Yeah, we all did that math before you got there. I was actually when I was writing this, Mm -hmm. and they said that I was like, oh yeah, seventy three. Oh yeah. Um, Joan Crawford would be there for Jimmy after Billy's death, but it was no help. He was devastated by yeah. the loss. In 1974, Jimmy Shields would overdose on sleeping pills. No. He wrote a suicide letter that read, quote, Goodbye to all of you who have tried so hard to comfort me in my loss of William Haynes, who I have been with since 1926. I now find it impossible to go it alone. I am much too lonely. It's no good without Billy. Oh. Um, sorry, hang on. Are you, uh, are you Okay. Yeah. You're having some feels over here, I can tell. <laughs> and this is really sad. I mean, they yeah. were together for forever, basically, all their lives. Yeah, and... It's okay. It's so stupid. It's just this kind of thing where it's like... I get so frustrated when I see people who fought against marriage equality and fought to try and keep people apart who have fucking ten marriages... It's so frustrating that these guys could never be legally recognized and were fucking ostracized for being who they were. Yes. And it... And and their love was so strong, they clearly loved each other. And yeah. the fact that he killed himself because of this, and I think that is really eloquently put. And you know, you, I, yeah. And it's beautiful. you know the the thing that makes me happiest, and I mean, I get a little even teary on that, is uh, they were they're laid to rest next to each other. Yeah, at the um, uh, Woodlawn Cemetery. Woodlawn, really? Yeah, so... I would like to visit the star, and yeah. I would like to go to that site, actually. Yeah, no, so it's like, these guys, they did so much. Okay, so we made it to the bright side, even though I'm Oh, fucking, we're at the bright side! You're <laughs> crying, <laughs> but we're at the bright side. Yeah. So, no, but you're, but this is really, it's a really moving, and, and yeah. I know you have a personal experience, or like, long history with this, like, you've lived in that. Yeah. Which, who mean, did you play? I played Jimmy Shields. Ah, oh, they're, they're and okay, so that makes sense. it's, you know, every fucking night... I would watch the love of my life die sure. and then <laughs> go through this giant speech about like how I can't do it and apologizing right, right. to him because the idea is that Billy would have said, you have to go on without me. And mm, Jimmy's like, I can't, I can't do it. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I'd like to think that like I could pick up the pieces after a loss like that, but like, I don't know how 
well I would do. Well, it would be a long time of devastation for me sure. if I lost Matt. So, yeah, of course. And uh, Well, here's hoping you never do. Yeah, so knock on my floorboards. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't do anything to the walls. They're fucked up already, okay? The, the hole's been patched. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, <laughs> the leak in the hole and the, and the, and, and the beam underneath this yeah. room is a death trap. But it's okay. Um, <laughs> Damn, I fucking right. Rachel mad oh, give myself. me a oh, give me a oh, oh. Uh, All right, so we're at the bright side. So What's the, the reason... Side? I, I, love, I love this story. Thank you for bringing this story to yeah. me, me and us. So actually, the reason I even know about this is because my parents, back when we were fighting for marriage equality, got a uh, gay fact a day tearaway calendar. That's <laughs> 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 the best ally. <laughs> uh, they basically one of the days was like on this day, Jimmy, be- Jimmy, uh, Billy Haynes became the number one grossing movie star, and he was openly proud and gay. And my parents were like, "Who the fuck is this? Right? Yeah. We never heard of him." Yeah. And um, for those of you at home, I'm like wiping away snot. See, when I cry, it's not. Yeah. It's pretty. Um, <laughs> you'll see it in analysis paralysis. Uh, so here, here's the thing. He was a fucking champion for gay rights. So this is the bright side. Yeah, so the bright he's side. a very early like advocate for, and, yeah, and gay rights. You know, he stood by who he was. He refused to be anything other than well, who he, he was, was. Unapologetically, him. Yeah, his whole life, mm-hmm. even from fucking fourteen. Mm-hmm. Whether or not like he was at an age that he could make smart decisions or not. It's 2018, and it's not easy to be gay now. Right. And so, in the 20s, it's a completely different story. It's a completely different world. And, it's and like, a hundred people from the KKK showed up <laughs> and beat them. Beat them uh, and, and left them in the street and to die, this is a real basically. thing. Yeah. And that's the world that they're living in, and he's still uh, open and proud about who he is. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, what's... It and that's huge. It had a huge impact on my life because I got to see someone who basically inspired me to say that I was never going to try to be the actor who was hiding who he was. And and I don't mm-hmm. fault the actors like Cary Grant and all of them who were afraid because this was a scary time. And I don't fault the actors now who are still struggling to come out. And yes, I get frustrated at times. And there have been times I've been really annoyed mm-hmm. that an actor has gone back into the closet or whatever. Because I think it's important for people to be out so that the public can see us. Sure. But it's not my life to choose. No, of course. And coming and out is, is a personal journey. And, very you personal. Know, but the way that he never went back in. He you refused. Know, yeah, he did. And I mean, and it, I'm glad that we, we talked about the story because, like like you said, he's been erased from film history, basically. Right. We just did, we, the Gay Men's Chorus, just did a whole show about... You know, this time. And we didn't even know about it. You know, yeah. he they did such an effective job of silencing him and erasing him that when we were, you know, doing all the research for it, we didn't discover the open, gay, top-grossing movie star of 1930. How did we miss that? Because right. they silenced him. They shut him down. They erased him. And but, you know, you're not letting that happen. And I think that that's huge. And people need to hear that story. Well, that, and also, like... I hope he inspires everyone else to be true to themselves as well. Mm-hmm. He inspired me to to live authentically. Yeah. And to and you know and, and there were I had people. I mean it's it's so fucking stupid. I had people in New York, I had people in LA. I still have people fucking telling me like, "Well, there goes your career for being out." Mm. Like when I first moved here, someone was like, "Oh, you have to go back in the closet if you want to be a star." And I just 
literally the Billy Haynes idea. I basically, I was in a bar and talking to this guy and he's like, yeah, if you're going to want to be a star, you're going to have to go back in the closet. And I turned to him and I was like, well, I can't because I'm fucking publicly O out because Mm -hmm. my mom is a New York Times bestselling author and I told her to publicly out me because Mm -hmm. I thought if I could save one fucking life by showing that I'm out and who I am, then I have done my job. Well, I think Billy Haynes is not the only inspirational story well, here. Well, but he inspired me to be that person. I understand. And I understand I hope, that. I hope but I'm people... All I'm saying is that he did it effectively, yeah. my friend. My friend. Well, and, and also, he may not have had a perfect life. Mm-hmm. He had a fucking good one. I mean, sure. like, he clearly did. I mean, like, obviously, getting the shit kicked out of him by the KKK was not great. Not ideal. Not <laughs> your best Sunday. No. Um, but... It really is amazing to see him choose happiness over everything else. Like, yeah. he, he was like, that's what matters. It's true, because he had that... There was that moment with Mayor, you know? It was basically, you have this choice. You go back in, you pretend this story, and you can have the career of your dreams. Right. Or, and then he chose the or. Yeah. Because it, he wouldn't be happy otherwise. And and the, the truth is, is that... And that's hard to do. Like, you basically have someone dangling everything you've always wanted... Right. ...in front of your your face... But you also have to lie to get it. Right. And he chose not to, and that's incredible. Yeah. And, he, and then found a way to make a career and make a million dollars without them. Yeah. You know. But multi-million. Sure. So my hippy-dippy school, we got right. to vote on things, and I was a member of the like Supreme Court at the time. Right. Everything uh, for one of the semesters. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Did you was, retire at random when there was a terrible superintendent in place who could replace you? No. No. Well, um, then you're better than Justice Kennedy. I know I am. Uh, but... One of the kids who was young actually did try to take his life uh, off campus one day, and the school suspended him, not because of him trying to kill himself, but more for the, the, the message to the parents, he needs medical help, get him medical help. When he's ready to come back, he'll be ready to come back. And he did eventually come back, and it was really lovely, and it mm-hmm. was more of a, like, like it was just a wake-up call for the parents okay. more than a punishment for him. Okay. Um and he, I remember that he always used to hang around. He was younger than, than the people he hung out with, but he always used to hang around in my group. And I never really knew why. And on my final day there, he wrote in my yearbook, hey, just wanted to let you know, um, you're really awesome. Uh, I love that you're so proud of who you are. I think I might be gay. And it was like, and, you know, it's, it's like, like, so when I look back in history, it's kind of like, People being openly who they are do have an impact. So if you are yes. gay out there, please live your true, authentic self as yes. much as you can. In safety, obviously, don't do it if you're not, if not a safe place. But you know, yeah. Oh man, thank you for this story. Yeah. So yeah. a little and bit of a roller coaster. I think another little bright side is that this is changing. It is getting better and easier to be gay. Yeah. You know, in Hollywood. Yeah. And I well, think that's great. That's why I'm making fucking movies that are just gay people being. Who they are? Yeah, I love it because we need more of that. I know because you're prof- you're professionally gay. Yeah, and I like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, this has been lovely. I'm yeah. so glad that you chose this. Thank you. I love this topic. This is fantastic. Yeah. Ah, what a I, I feel better. Yeah, I do. Good. I feel better. And now I'm going to go outside again, and it's shitty and sunny <laughs> and, and terrible things happening. Glorious morning. But I feel sick. better now. Yeah, and I appreciate that. And that's what I come here for. That's what we come to you for. Yep. Thank you. Ah, I, I want another it. hug. Yeah. Aww. Okay. 
Love you. Love you, too. All right. And we love our listeners, too. Yes. Thank you. Continue to rate and review the show. Share I'm sure this. we'll have a poll about this. Yeah. Thing. The poll will be, did you cry? <laughs> Are you a crier? <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, everybody, for joining us this week. Keep keep listening. Keep rating and re- reviewing. We love you. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye. We hope you've liked this episode of The Bright Side with Kevin and Jason. If you did, please throw us some stars and give us a review on iTunes. It really helps others find the show. And if you didn't, just keep it to yourself or tell your diary. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram, at BrightSideKNJ, and on Facebook at The Bright Side with Kevin and Jason. All our past episodes are also streaming on our website, www.TheBrightSideWithKevinAndJason.com. Until next week, don't forget to look, look on, on The, the Bright, bright Side! side.